Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to Tough Love, Not Tequila. It's been a minute. This is your hostess with the mostest, Slay Hill. Maybe not the mostest. It has been quite some time since I've recorded. Girl, boy, whatever, non-binary, whatever you are, I'm sorry. I apologize. And if you're still tuning in and rocking with me after the past few months of just nothingness, extreme radio silence, I very much appreciate you. And I do still get like plays here and there. I can see my analytics and it kind of always kind of freaks me out when people are actually listening to me. And I don't know, it sounds very stupid when you say it out loud, because of course I'm putting this out for people to listen to. Right. But I'm still a little bit shook that people will actually fucking listen to things I have to say. It's so crazy, Um, which actually goes into today's topic. And it's just about being a sex worker, but also having an opinion and how that decreases your palatability in the industry. And I want to do a disclaimer. Like I always do. These are my thoughts and opinions. You don't have to necessarily agree with them. You can totally disagree with me. That's fine. I would tune in whenever it's too much for you. I'm going to be discussing basically why a lot of women in the industry, I'm not even speaking from a hetero, like not, I'm not a hetero, but um, <laughs> I'm a bisexual woman. Okay. So that's my perspective that I'm out of here. I'm a bisexual woman of color that was raised in the fucking suburbs, went to college, all these things that I don't feel like people truly think shape me as a person, which they all really fucking do. Um, and things I've opened up about myself personally more this year than I have before. Just because I think a lot of people just see me as a sex worker and see a lot of sex workers as just that. They pigeonhole them. And it's kind of crazy how we're not seen as human. And now that I've been doing this almost a year, I, I will be out a year January 12th. So that's just a few weeks away. And also be when you're sober or on January 12th as well. So if you guys don't know the backstory, if, or if y'all don't know the backstory, trying to stay y'all in of guys, it's very hard. Um, if y'all don't know the backstory, the day I got sober was the day I started my OnlyFans. I do understand that I can only offer this perspective as people, as someone who does online sex work. Online sex work is a privilege to me. Online sex work is not to be confused with in real life sex work, which I feel like they both pose different risks to you. Obviously, in my opinion, I feel like in real life sex work is more criminalized, more villainized, and more up for critique. And I totally understand that. But I'm not going to be touching on that because I don't have that perspective. I could go off studies. I could go off interviews. And I have watched a lot of interviews of prostitutes, um, escorts, etc., sex workers on the streets, basically, in the last few months and it's really opened my eyes just reading the comment sections of these things to see how how much a woman can be belittled and dehumanized once she somehow monetizes her sexuality for me being an online sex worker has really emphasized the fact that Once I, a grown ass woman, takes agency of her body, of her sexuality, and chooses to sexualize herself in context. And that's important here, context. I feel like the critique that I get online is 
overly positive. I'm focusing on maybe the one to 5% negative comments that I get. But these negative comments, it's so funny because I was thinking today, why does it bother me when I get hundreds of positive comments and engagement and messages every day, right? But these one to five negative comments really get under my skin. And I've gotten a lot better at this. I've gotten a lot better at just like letting it roll off my back or even pinpointing what the real reason that's upsetting me. As someone that identifies as an Indian woman, when other people in my community attack me, I feel like it's almost like people in my family are attacking me. It feels like some parental wound is being reopened of not fitting the mold, not being the perfect Indian daughter, et cetera, et cetera. So even though the comments to other people may seem surface value and just get over it, for me, it actually is triggering this deeper issue that is not completely healed. I'll be quite honest with you. And it's a work in progress. So as a work in progress, there is going to be things revealed to me through my reactions and through my emotions when I do receive these sorts of comments. And it really got me to thinking, why is it so inappropriate once I sexualize myself in context of my autonomy, when I want it, I'm producing it, I'm orchestrating the sexualization myself for the first time in my life. Because quite honestly, we are sexualized from such a young age. I, Everyone can basically name someone that has been assaulted, right? Sexually assaulted. Great. And this is a trigger warning for anyone that doesn't want to be reminded of that. Um, I myself have been a victim of that. Um, it's took me a long time to come to... I guess come to terms with it and come to terms with um, how that one event in my life led to this hypersexualization of myself, but how that one event in my life didn't necessarily lead me down the road of sex work, which I think is such a huge fucking, I don't know the statistics on it, and I'm not going to bother looking it up because these statistics are so all over the place when it comes to sexual assault women in the industry. And I don't necessarily agree with all of them. And since we're in the Trump era, I'm just going to disregard anything I don't agree with because I see that's that's I guess that's how things go nowadays. That's a joke, by the way. Um, but for me, I became a certain type of person after that event. And I almost thought that my sexuality was like this weapon because it was kind of used as something to hurt me and I wanted to start using it to hurt other people and yes sub- like subsequently yes it did hurt me um I was very promiscuous I was kind of very haphazard with who I had sex with and who I hooked up with um and in the long run now looking back now that I'm in a good place mentally and my life is kind of coming together which a lot of people can't wrap their mind around the fact that Yes, I, in this one year of doing sex work, has been the most mentally stable and sound that I've been in my entire life. And a lot of people just don't, can't put that together because sex work is so heavily, it's just, people just project so much shit onto it and they can't, and I know maybe I, 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 my experience is not everyone's experience, but my point is here to go ahead and share my experience to widen people's brains of what it means to be a sex worker and how it can actually be a positive thing for someone. For me, before I was doing sex work, I didn't respect myself 
I didn't respect my sexuality. I didn't respect my pleasure. I didn't respect my orgasm. I had no respect for that. And I had been in situations walking away from them where I had a sexual encounter and I kind of just felt nothing. I felt a numbness that I don't realize till now. I didn't realize till now was a huge issue. And now that my sexuality is kind of like on display for me to constantly think about, whether that's creatively or monetarily, it's kind of forced me to view myself in a different way. And maybe if this had never happened, I would have probably continued my whole life kind of being a warm hole for shitty people. And I know it's a very vulgar way to put it, but that's kind of the only way to paint the picture. I used my sexuality in a way to feel like some sort of connection with people. And even if that connection didn't last, it was fine for that moment. And not, I, not that I was never the type of girl to have sex with someone and expect anything from them. But all I needed was that as a form of something, validation. And validation is a thing that a lot of people like to bring up in our work. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think I do this work for validation. I kind of just put the work out there. And if it's received well, great. And if it's not, it's not. That's why the hundreds of great comments about the way that I look, it doesn't boost my ego. Maybe if it makes me feel a little bit good, it's, it makes me feel better than a bunch of people telling me I'm ugly. But I'm not the type of person to think that my life is so much better because people think I'm pretty or people think I'm sexy or people want to fuck me. Me as a person, I don't view life that way. I don't view my value and experience as a human being on this planet as being measured in that way. That's almost the reason why I wanted to begin this podcast. That's why I wanted to start a conversation about these bigger parts of women and how we can be sexy and we can do sex work and we can sexualize ourselves in a certain context that's appropriate and comfortable for us that doesn't violate us. Because I feel like that's the main thing that's missing. People can't wrap their minds around the fact that sexualizing yourself in, a, in, a, in an environment that you feel comfortable and safe in in an environment that some of us feel like we have more control over allows us to step into that sexual space, right? A lot of people or a lot of women, I'm reading this book called Come As You Are. It's like a cult classic in the sex education space. And a lot of women have these breaks, right? These sexual inhibitors that go off in sexual experiences, And it's almost when I think about it, when I do my solo content or I take photos of myself or I'm with my partner, those sexual inhibitors, such as um, the sexual history of the person that you're with, lack of protection, um, safe environment, um, like, you know, if there are people around or things like that, things that pose a risk to women, pregnancy, you know, those things don't they're not they're not going up as red flags when I'm in these safe spaces that I create for myself. And I'm not saying every woman needs to get on a webcam and, you know, feel pretty in new lingerie to step into her sexuality. What I'm saying is that you can take pieces of what we do to make ourselves feel safe and comfortable in these spaces and apply them to your own lives because so many women are lost. And that's not me talking out of my ass. You can you can ask anyone that has a pussy and almost anyone if they haven't been assaulted can speak about a place or a time when they were in a sexual experience that wasn't necessarily a safe 
environment or a safe person or a safe act. And I think it's super powerful instead of harping on, how dare you sexualize yourself? How dare you do this? You're so used up. You're this and that and spewing negativity. And I want to lift up the positivity that sex work can bring to you. It obviously comes with a lot of bullshit. I'm not going to kid you here. That's why I opened up with saying that there's these negative comments that float in your head like fucking little flies that you want to swat away, but they will not go away. And it's like the shittier you feel, the more fucking flies come and fly around your shit. It's the worst feeling ever. I'm not saying that those don't exist, but I'm saying that I, I just, I haven't seen anyone really speak up about how there are ways that you can view sex work in a more complex way, in a more scientific way that can actually benefit people. And I saw a lot of people harping on how the whole Billie Eilish thing happened. The Billie Eilish thing, if you haven't heard about it, she went on Howard Stern, got stoned, which like, side note here, Howard Stern is not the guy you want to be speaking to about your sexual experiences that you are confused or feel like were harmful to you because he himself is a predator, but I won't even get into that. So I'm already kind of not taking it serious. Not that I'm not taking her feelings serious. I'm just like someone around her wasn't really protecting her if that's really what she wanted to speak about because that's not the person you want to speak with. Um, quite frankly, I don't really want to speak about my sexual trauma with anyone other than a woman, but that's just me. So I need, I mean, maybe she did feel safe in that space, but when she got into her conversation, it really didn't feel that way. Um, she said something along the lines of how she discovered porn at a young age and how it was quite traumatizing for her. And I, it's very easy for me to sit here and be like, get the fuck over it. Like, that's just how it is. But I feel like it opens up this bigger conversation that I've always wanted to have on this podcast and I've always wanted to have in my space, in my work, with my with the people that I relate to and work alongside. And it's how that's very true. I agree with it. I agree with so much mainstream porn being traumatizing and harmful to people, predominantly women. What I saw as vanilla or... What I saw as kinky and extreme versions of porn that were harder to find in my teenage years have been suddenly thrusted towards the masses as mainstream and what the what kind of what the standard is. You know what I mean? Um, and it's very extreme and it's very like pushing the buttons as soon as you get onto these major hub sites. And that's kind of their approach, right? You know, the approach to these hub sites is that you get in, get out. It's not creating an experience. It's not creating a vibe. It's not setting up an environment you feel safe in. It's actually setting up an environment that like you're kind of ducking all these things, right? You don't want to see something that's going to make your stomach flip and turn. You don't want to see something that's going to turn you off. You got to go find the video that you want. You got to zoom. You got to you got to do all these things. Find the, the specific scene. You got to get wet, get your nut in and go. You know, you're not sticking around to go check out the other shit afterwards. And then sometimes you're left with a weird feeling. And I want to unpack that weird feeling. Um, I think a lot of people don't want to unpack that weird feeling, especially women, because people are so quick to call us prudes. So I feel like as a person in this industry, as a person who feels sexy and is confident, um, I'm not scared to say that 
I'm not necessarily the most turned on by most of these uh, mainstream sites and definitely not turned on by a lot of the heterosexual bam, 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 fucker like a rabbit bullshit that I see on these sites because I'm not that stupid. You know, a lot of us look at that stuff and we're like, "Mm, we don't want to be that girl in that scene and it's not pleasurable to us. And then a lot of the times that goes from seeing that, not feeling receptive to it, and then internalizing that as an issue with ourselves instead of realizing that maybe these are a way of us kind of realizing that something is wrong here and it's not us. Um, Honestly, your first sexual experiences, even not being involved, I feel like having sex with yourself is a sexual experience in my opinion. Um, and that's what I like. It's self-sex to me. It's not, I don't like the word masturbation. I think it's kind of like weird and I don't really like the word porn either. It's kind of weird to me too, but whatever. I'm not going to take the time to unpack that right now, but I like to say self-sex. So whenever I say self-sex, there you go. Um, I think that self-sex is counts as a first sexual experience, uh, especially if you don't really believe in too much in purity culture and virginity. So hi, hello, I'm there with you. So your first sexual experience is you going on this site and seeing this very extreme shit and you're young and you're impressionable and you go to school and you're only taught about fucking abstinence and you're barely taught about your own female anatomy as as what it is. You just think that you have this hole down there and that's your vagina when there's all these crazy moving parts to it that do different things and serve different functions and also have comparable homologs in the male anatomy. But, you know, we don't really see how that's comparable in most mainstream porn, right? Because you treat the pe- the penis equivalent of a woman is her ser- vaginal canal and her cervix, right? But in reality, no, that's not true. That's her clitoris. But we act like those are equals, in a lot of mainstream porn. So if the penis is going in the vagina, the vagina is having the same amount of pleasure as a penis, right? When that's not true. That's not true. That's already anatomy, anatomy wise understood across the board. But when you watch these mainstream two videos, a lot of the time, there's a lot of acting going on. So couple that with you know, you coming into your womanhood, quote unquote, whatever that looks like for you, which is a lot of performance. I feel like maybe I'm projecting here. It's a lot of performance that goes into being a woman, right? Um, Doing your nails, doing your hair, dressing a certain way. And then you go on these tube sites and it's kind of almost like another conditioning of performance. And that's very harmful, right? Because that's not real. A lot of what you see on there isn't real. These situations aren't real. You are not going to open the door to the pizza pizza guy and all of a sudden lose your fucking craving for a meat supreme pizza and then want a gobble cock instead. You know what I mean? You don't want to guzzle it instead of you want to just cheese and carbs. You know what I'm saying? But now you're living in this weird fantasy and a lot of people don't understand that fantasy If you condition yourself to only get off to fantasy, it's kind of setting yourself up for failure, right? Because life isn't a fantasy. I would love to say that as a fantasy, babes. I would love to say it's a fantasy. But something should remain fantasies in small doses because it becomes too unrealistic. And 
the lack of realism on these major mainstream porn sites is it's it's undeniable um it's in the i fucked my stepdaughter um oh i got picked up by a random bus oh i'm on i ended up on this casting couch like these aren't realistic situations and i understand that sexual sexuality it fan the element of fantasy is important and it may be important for more people than you know i i i care to acknowledge but at the same time in what other space of our human needs is is fantasy going to translate into something you should consume on a daily basis or even expect in your day-to-day life i can fantasize about wanting fucking cheesecake every single day for every single meal but that's not realistic so i have to do certain things and eat a certain way to be healthy you know what I mean? I'm trying to trying to make this simple stupid because it is pretty simple stupid. And it's kind of silly to me sometimes that I have to break it down this way. But it's very true. And I'm not trying to be condescending. It's just because a lot of people don't see it that way because we have all been conditioned, not just women, but men and people who are non-binary. We all have been conditioned to see sex a certain way. And that's why I do look at the community that's non-gendered and see like, wow, look at them. They're really doing it because you have to rewrite the way that we view sex and sexuality when you go down that path, right? And I think that's important work because I'm telling you right now, I don't agree with what's being sold as sex right now. And I'm saying that as someone who's selling sex, correct? I'm selling sex online. I'm selling sex with my partner. I'm selling sex with myself. And that doesn't make me a terrible, stupid, wench, whore, ran through, whatever the fuck you want to call me. It doesn't make me an unvaluable person. And it doesn't make me incapable of having this school of thought. I'm not going to sit here and say, fuck Billie Eilish. She didn't have a point. She's a fucking idiot. No, I'm going to say instead of looking at what she said, how about we unpack why she said it and not go scream to ban things, scream to make things, you know, disappear and wipe the fucking Internet of porn. It's never going to fucking happen, first of all. And it's like kind of maybe it's an internal eternal optimist in me that instead of dismantling systems, we just have to find a way to make them more sustainable, ethical, consumable in a better, healthier way. Right. That's what I've always wanted for anything I've been passionate about. Um, I went to school for animal science and I wanted to specialize in sustainable animal agriculture because I knew deep down inside that people were not going to give up their fucking bacon. I wanted to believe that, right? But I knew deep down inside that's just not how some people work. That's not how the majority of people work. And I would rather, instead of throw my eggs in the basket of people just all of a sudden getting a moral compass about these things, I want to throw it in the, I want to throw my eggs in the basket of, well, okay, this system sucks, right? And this is not good for anyone involved. And how do we make it better? And there actually are. There are so many ways we can make that system better, but people don't want to pay the money for it. And people don't want to, people don't like newness. People don't like change. And I almost, and it might sound silly, but I compare that to the way that I, I look at the industry that I'm in now. I see issues with it, right? And instead of thinking that I can ban it and say to hell with it, which in a way I think is so harmful because it's just adding to this narrative that our sex sex is bad and sexuality is bad. But we are all existing on this planet because someone had sex. And we lose so much meaning in that when we just throw it in the fucking trash and we 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 just shit on it. 
it's so much easier to do that than to realize, hey, you know, yeah, there are definitely fucking issues here and we definitely need to work on it. And there's nothing wrong with women because they don't want to watch some girl be gangbanged or and if you do, this is not me kink shaming anyone, but I'm saying that a lot of people will vanilla shame people because they they don't like these things, right? And it's like, dude, not everyone shares the same fantasy as you. Not everyone likes sushi. But I'm also just like, you know, maybe try a different fucking restaurant or try a different role and maybe a role that's fucking better on the ocean, more fucking sustainable. And that's why I want to, it brings me into like what I'm doing in this space, right? If I don't necessarily agree with mainstream porn, if I don't really think it's realistic, what, do, what, what am I doing here? And I think that's, that's something I've thought a lot about this year. And if I was just in this shit, just to be a money grab and do what I do and get out, I wouldn't be sitting here speaking right now, right? I'd just be going, getting my bag, probably fucking taking cute pictures and fucking myself right now instead of sitting here and having a conversation with myself, but hopefully to somebody else and really asking myself, like, why do I care so much? And why is it so hard for me to just be complacent right now? And that's because I have a similar story to Billie Eilish. You know, I saw porn at a very young age. And yeah, it was pretty traumatizing for me. Like I saw piss porn when I was like 10. And I saw like a lot of fetish stuff that like I can't unsee. And I could very much have the same reaction to call a band for it and say, fuck this shit. We don't need it. I don't want to participate it participate in it and keep it pushing right I could have kept my lab coat on and been a sign like been in the science world but I made a switch and for me sex work has been very fulfilling in that way but it's only been fulfilling because I feel like I want to be part of the change to move this industry in a more ethical ethical um realistic way I only have sex with my partner on my on my only fans I don't have sex with anybody else other than myself obviously and I want to keep it that way. If if things were to change, uh, they would be organically and they wouldn't be forced. And this is not to say that anyone needs to do this the way that I do it. It, it doesn't it doesn't mean that if you don't do things the way I do it, that you're wrong. I'm just trying to explain that thought process behind why I do what I do and what that means to me. For me, like I want to showcase my real sex life and have it be an authentic re- like reflection of it. It's not always going to be that way because it's not always going to feel that authentic to, you know, put a camera up when you're sucking dick. But I want it to be as real and not forced and not acting. I want it to feel like and like when you go to the amateur porn tab, you know, but with like better quality and hotter people. But no shade. That was kind of mean. But you know what I mean, y'all. Um And I still want it to be aesthetically pleasing and engaging and hot and sexy. But I also want there to be, when I watch it back, to feel like, damn, that was fucking hot, man. And that was so real. And, like, I want to look back and, like, have that visual diary of, like, these great experiences. Not these forced acting fucking fake as shit experiences. Because I feel like that's how a lot of veterans kind of leave the sex work space with regret or trauma because it's so much forcing and so much acting and so much like, I guess I'll fucking do this. And I think that can be quite dangerous for certain personality types, especially if you're like, like a more like a internalizer or 
you just kind of have always said yes to other people and you're a people pleaser because those sort of personalities can take you down a really fucking shitty road in this industry because you start saying yes to things that you don't want to say yes to. And the power of no in this industry isn't really spoken about because we do say yes to so much. And I want to sit here and say no to what I don't want to do. When I do something that I don't want to do in my work, I feel disgusting. I feel unhappy. I feel just not my not great about myself. It becomes about me. It doesn't even come, become about the video or the client or anything like that. It becomes like this fucking shitty reflection about how I could put someone's sexual desires and needs over my own and how that is perpetuated in the mainstream and almost in society, how female pleasure and female, what a female wants almost doesn't get respected as much as what a man wants, how we're taught to be submissive and submit and provide pleasure all the time. It spirals into that. And that's one thing that I refuse to do. I'm really good about saying no to what I don't want to do. And luckily I don't have to say no a lot because a lot of people already understand my boundaries and boundaries are such an important thing to have, not only in this space, but with yourself. And I don't think those are taught either. I think that if someone taught me about boundaries sexually and spoke openly about them, whether or not they were a regular person or a sex worker, that it would have maybe changed some things for me. And it would make me make me feel a little bit more seen. And that's the goal here is to make these make make women that feel the same way as me. And even the same way as Billie Eilish feel seen, but also to not create this whole industry as a scapegoat for all these bigger issues that we need to unpack in society other than a girl getting fucked on camera. There's so many bigger issues underlying that or even overlaying that, that it's just like, it's just the easiest thing to go. It's the easiest thing to make a villain out of. And I just want to unpack that. And I feel like I have been like, why is it such like, do we not understand how these unrealistic expectations of sex harm not just women in porn, but women in their sexual relationships. I do this thing where I go on the subreddit relationship underscore advice. It's my favorite subreddit. I love to fucking read the tea on there because I'm just I'm just obsessed with just knowing the reality of love, relationships, and sex. And how they move in the in the real world and like you know there's an aspect of anonymity that like really allows people to just fucking go there and say everything how it is and it's like this woman was married to this guy for five years five years you guys and she was like i have not gone one week without his dick in my mouth he demands having a blowjob and he doesn't do anything for her in return they had a dealio going on where he offered her massages in exchange for a blowjob which like already it's weird to me um it's weird to me and maybe some people think that's how my life works like i'm like you know uh like me and my partner are like bartering with each other but we're not really ever doing that the only person bartering is the people that want to purchase the content and view us so for me it doesn't affect me that way but in this relationship she said that, you know, he wasn't enjoying giving her massages and he made it very known in the process that he didn't like it, but he didn't like giving her massages and she was not very, you know, stoked on always giving him a blowjob. She even complained about jaw pain. And if you've been there, you've been there, girl. I, I know what that feels like. And 
And then there was some instance where like they both had COVID and she had body aches and she was laying in bed and he demanded a blow drop from her and how she just doesn't know where to go from there. And it's like, where do these fucking expectations come from? You know, like on what fucking planet when you have like a virus that do you want and your body's aching and like, you know, you're not feeling too hot that like you expect a blowjob right because it's like it's almost like applying the thinking of going to a tube site and jacking off is like the same mentality being applied to an actual person that is a lot more than what's uploaded on fucking Pornhub you know what I mean it's like let me click let me get turned on let me jack off and click off and there's no consequences for what I've just done but applying that to your wife and someone in your real life is fucking harmful it's so fucking crazy your wife is not a browser you open up when you feel like getting off especially when you've made it such a fucking terrible experience for her to get get something out of it too it's so fucking crazy to me. And people were in the comments saying a bunch of stuff about how he doesn't care about her and this is crazy and to go to therapy. And like, she was like, I just don't feel like saying anything because I'll feel like it'll make the situation worse. And it's just so crazy that you will literally sit there complaining about jaw pain and a dick in your mouth for five years of your life and you still don't want to say anything. It's so fucking crazy to me. <laughs> But that's just like one example that I can think of on the top of my head out of so many where it's like this porny, mainstream, unrealistic conditioning that a lot of people get when they're continuously looking at mainstream porn and how it doesn't necessarily line up with how real life works and how that's creating a huge gap between what us women usually get from a sexual experience you know there's reasons why there's tiktoks that blow up about us all fucking like acting like nobody like on the no one's coming you know sound no one's coming um because no one isn't because everything you've been taught is is some bullshit on a hub site i almost it's so crazy because i used to feel really guilty when i first started this work about how it came i, I come clitorally um, I can come like clitorally plus penetration. That's preferred, but that's just how I am. And I kind of like sold myself this version of how I come because I wanted to be more palatable to the masses. And then I'm like, this goes against everything that I align with. I don't want to keep perpetuating unrealistic ways. Like there's nothing wrong with me because I come this way. That's how 70%, 70 to 80% of women come. And I'm doing a disservice to those women by continuing to teach these men that this is how I come. It's not. And I've never met a man. I've never been in a relationship with a man that felt comfortable with that at first. They always come around. But like at first, it's always awkward for them. And I wonder why. It's because no one really teaches them how a woman experiences pleasure. There's like a whole fucking chapter in Come As You Are about the clitoris and how it's analogous to the fucking penis and like that should be enough that's your that that should be enough right if you we were having sex and your penis had nothing to do with it do you really think you would get off yeah that's a good question to ask if you're in this space with um your partner and that's totally fine if you don't feel comfortable with toys but you shouldn't be comfortable with like continuously not pleasuring somebody that you're with. I don't feel like pleasure should be one-sided. I understand that people are submissive and some people are pillow princesses and all that other stuff. But I'm talking about for the majority of us, it shouldn't be that way. And all this, all this goes to show is like creating more 
content that aligns with realistic realistic sexual experiences experiences that most of us can relate to which you would think would be the one thing that gets us all off right i i don't know about you guys but fantasizing about i i you typically when i masturbate i don't use anything other than my imagination i'm very blessed okay <laughs> very blessed but um or erotica or things like that there's other mediums and despite despite what people may think other than porn to get yourself off and it's all about opening up spaces to let that be a thing instead of it being one one way of viewing sex and one way of teaching it and one way of really including discluding uh, like discluding is that a word not including a, a a plethora of people that don't necessarily find that hot or sexy or palatable and I just want to say that if you're in this space, if you're in the sex work space, or if you're looking at sex workers, just understand that some of us are seeing other perspectives and are open to hearing other perspectives. And some of us are working on a daily fucking basis to make the sex work space and porn more realistic, more ethical, and just less harmful to the masses. I don't think that porn should be sex education, but for right now it is. And all we can do to better it is to make it something that doesn't hurt others and actually empowers us and creates more pleasurable experiences. And that's about that. That's it. That's my hope for the future. Um, I really do urge you to seek out more ethical ways to consume porn that are not harmful to others there's so many female directors out there erica lust i just fucking got her um a subscription to her site i think she's a game changer and she is who i inspire to be in the future she is really doing amazing stuff with the content that she puts out there and it is some hot fucking shit i will fucking tell you that and yes, I purely got it on research basis, but there are other mediums out there that are not going to use the get in, get out approach when it comes to having sex with yourself and turning yourself on. And I think that just exposing that and pushing that for forward is going to just make this world a better place because the 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 negative connotation that comes with sex work and porn does have to do with its harmful effects on certain people and we need to fight that maybe it's not your fight it is my fight and i just want that to be known i want that to be out there in the fucking universe and i really do appreciate everyone that's listened to this episode even if it's one person i if you felt seen by this episode in any shape way or form i'm extremely appreciative of you i'm glad you heard me out and I hope everyone has a great New Year's and we make this year three of the pandemic the best year of the pandemic either. <laughs> either way, we're stuck in this shit for quite some time and I hope everyone stays safe and stays healthy. Love y'all. See y'all in 2022, baby.